Radio UNE, the time is 7 o'clock, which means it's time for episode 21 of Way Back When, as I look at some of the best music from 1990, the 21st year of TuneFM's existence. Let's kick things off with a fantastic Australian song by an incredible Australian band. Yeah. 
You're listening to episode 21 of Way Back When, and that was Forgotten Years by Midnight Oil. Forgotten Years is a song released off of their album Blue Sky Mining, released on the 9th of February, which received exceptionally high ratings from critics. In March, it peaked at number one on the ARIA charts for the year. It made all the way to number three on the year-end ARIA album charts for the year, and it's been certified five times platinum here in Australia. The album is considered to be more defiant and outspoken than their previous work, and this song that you just heard, Forgotten Years, is inspired by the drummer's grandfather and father, their experience of war and how they said it was up to future generations to avoid wars in the future and to not forget how horrible wars truly are. Certainly an important message there. Yes, as I said before, it is now the 21st episode of Way Back When and this week we are looking at 1990. As always, I hope that you have had a fantastic week. I hope that it's been as peaceful and stress-free as it could possibly be, especially in these trying times that we are still finding ourselves in. Sadly, some bad news this week. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the feminist icon and Supreme Court Justice over in the United States, tragically passed away, aged 87 after a long battle with pancreatic cancer, which is very upsetting for her family. She has left a legacy that will be uh, felt for generations, that is for sure. Moving on to the next song I wanted to play tonight, and it's actually a remix of a song that I played before. All the way back in 1975, when this show was just six weeks old, I played Fame, the David Bowie song, which as I said at the time, is a funk rock song that represents Bowie's dissatisfaction with the troubles of fame and superstardom. It was a major commercial success, and it was redone in 1990. A remixed version was released to coincide with David Bowie's Sound and Vision tour, and the compilation album Changes Bowie. Bowie wanted to remix a successful single for the tour and album release of the two options that he was presented with, Let's Dance and Fame. Let's Dance was simply too recent as he uh, he felt and he liked the choice of and he liked the choice of fame, saying that it stands up really well in time and it still sounds very potent. It did rather well. Obviously it was a little bit less well received when it was re-released and remixed than it did when it originally came out, but it still made it up to number 11 in Ireland, not doing too well here in Australia, only making it to 85, but it still is a nice little highlight of David Bowie's career. So I'm going to play it for you up next, Fame 90 by David Bowie coming up next on 106.9 Tune FM, you're listening to Way Back When, episode 21.
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 21, and that was Fame 90 by David Bowie off of his compilation album Changes Bowie, released in 1990. Now, I know that my rules for what can get included in what year tends to be a little bit uh, skewed at times. Obviously, like I've said, it has to depend on the charts and release dates, which can sometimes make things a little bit off by a year or two. But this next song I'm going to include it takes that even further, and I'll admit that freely, because back in 1982, the studio album Lexicon of Love was released by the English new wave band ABC. Now, I bring that up because that happened to have one of my favourite 80 songs of all time on it. However, excuse me, through some complete brain slip... I forgot to include it on the 1982 show, and I was very disappointed because I thought I wasn't going to be able to play it at all, but then the song was re-released in 1990. Now, that is definitely a uh, bending of the rule, and I'm probably only going to do this once, and I'm only going to do it because it was such a successful song in Australia, making it to number four on the charts and 31 on the year-end charts for 1982. I'm probably going to do this once, like I said, but I really do enjoy this song, and I wanted to play it back when uh, in 1982, but completely forgot about it, so I've been waiting to use it tonight instead. That song is Poison Arrow. Excuse me. It is a very, very catchy song, and I think you're going to recognize it. Please enjoy, technically released in 1990, Poison Arrow by ABC. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 21 on Tune FM 106.9.
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 21, and you just heard Poison Arrow by ABC, a suspiciously 1982-sounding song for a 1990 show, and yes, I know, but come on, you just heard it. How could I not include that if I had the chance? Moving on to Billy Idol. Now, normally Billy Idol, would you'd expect to have more of a punk rock sort of track, and while that's very true, in 1990, he would release his fourth studio album, Charmed Life. This was actually quite a successful album over in the States. It made it all the way up to number 11 on the Billboard 200, was certified platinum in the United States, meaning that it sold over a million units, and it released three singles, one of which became his best-selling single in the entire United States, and that is Cradle of Love. It was released, like I said, as the first single. It reached all the way up. It reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100. It made it all the way up to number two, and it was his first and so far only number one hit on the mainstream rock tracks chart in the U.S., Now, in Australia, it did fairly well, making it up to number 10, and in Canada, doing the same, made it number 8 in Finnish, funnily enough, and it made it to number 3 in Japan. Now, the song was... Still, it was quite successful for him at the time, obviously, uh, critically as well as commercially, and it still remains on his live shows to this day. In fact, during his Sydney uh, concert this year in March, which uh, in February, excuse me, which I was lucky enough to attend, he would use this track as the opener. So it's still a song that he considers to be quite fantastic. I agree with him, so I'm going to play it for you now. It's a little bit more, less, uh, it's a little bit less, shall we say, uh, rocky than some of his other singles. It's a bit more restrained, but I think it really does work for him. Cradle of Love by Billy Idol, coming up next on Way Back When, episode 21, on Tune FM 106.9.
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 21, and that was Cradle of Love by Billy Idol. I turn now from a rock uh, artist to a heavy metal artist, although this album in particular that they would release in 1989 was more of a glam metal, hard rock sort of album. I'm referring to Motley Crue and their fifth studio album, Dr. Feelgood. Motley Crue have not featured on this show before, so we have another debutante, and this album obviously released in late 1989, so most of its singles charted in 1990. It is the only album to claim the position of number one on the Billboard 200 album chart, and it is the first album that Motley Crue would record and release after their quest for sobriety and rehabilitation in 1989. In addition to being Motley Crue's best-selling album, it is highly regarded by fans and critics as the best album they have released. Rather interestingly enough, it it produced uh, a grand total of five singles, which is quite interesting for an 11-track album, most of which would chart in 1991, so yes, you will be hearing more of this album next week. Rather interestingly, I've got a little interesting, uh, a little amusing anecdote from the producer Bob Rock. He would say that he said that he would find working with the band difficult, describing them as, quote, four LA badasses who used to drink a bottle of wine and want to kill each other. Interesting enough. To minimise conflict, Rock had each member record their parts completely separately, so it would appear there was a lot of uh, tension, friendly or otherwise, within the band at this time. It's a very, very good album. Obviously, I consider it to be Motley Crue's best as well, and the song that I'm going to play this week, before saving most of them for next week, is Kickstart My Heart. Kickstart My Heart was the second single to be released for the album. It was released in November of 1989, after the first single was released that will be played next week. It was basically uh, described by the bassist Nicky Six as a song that he wrote while the band was already working on the album, but he would remember the time that he uh, had an overdose where a paramedic injected his heart with adrenaline, hence kickstarting his heart. It's a very, very catchy song and one of Motley Crue's best, obviously a staple of their live shows back when they were touring, so I really do think you're going to enjoy it. All the way back to 1990, here is Motley Crue's first song on this show, Kickstart My Heart, on Way Back Way in episode 21. This is Tune FM on 
You just heard Kickstart My Heart by the amazing metal band Motley Crue on Way Back When, episode 21, and you're listening to Chino Fam on 106.9. Sadly, there's only three songs to go tonight. I apologise. This show is definitely a lot shorter than it has been recently, and I do apologise for that, but fear not, next week's show is going to be rather longer than tonight. Yes, I do apologise for tonight. Unfortunately, a lot of the songs I wanted to play were unable to be played, so I sort of had to make do with a smaller version of the show than I would normally like, which is a bit of a shame, but there's not really much we can do about it. Some songs I wanted to play from 1990 were simply too uh, inappropriate for radio, shall we just say that. But don't worry, 1991 next week will have a longer length than tonight. With that being said, I'm going to turn to an artist I'm quite happy to play tonight because I didn't think I would be able to put them on the show again i thought they would i thought they would have faded uh, out of the limelight and that's joan jett and the blackhearts but in 1990 she would release or she they rather joan jett and the blackhearts of course would release the first cover album they would put out the hit list all of the tracks are covers of famous songs and the first single was a cover of a very famous australian song dirty deeds They shortened the title to Dirty Deeds from the original track Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap and it was released as the first single as I said and charted internationally. It made it to number 14 in New Zealand, 36 on the US Billboard Hot 100 and sadly only making it to 64 here in Australia. Still though it's a nice little interpretation of an Australian classic so I thought I'd treat you to it. Dirty Deeds by Joan Jett is coming up next on Way Back When episode 21. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9.
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and that was Dirty Deeds by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. This next song is actually a bit of a throwback to last week. Obviously, 1989 was the release of Alice Cooper's amazing comeback album, Trash, which and I played three of those songs last week because of how fantastic the album was and how great the songs were. But there's actually a song that was released as a single from the album that was released so late in 89, it didn't even appear on the charts until the start of the following year, which is fantastic because it means I get to play it tonight. And it actually has a bit of a connection to Joan Jett and the Blackhearts because it was co-written by Joan Jett herself, as well as Alice Cooper, of course, and Desmond Child. And that is House of Fire. It was released in the UK in late 1989, where it only peaked at 65. It didn't do too well here in Australia, only making it to number 80. And in the US, it made it to number 56 on the Billboard Hot 100 and 39 on the mainstream rock tracks. So not as successful as the other singles from the album, but it is still a really, really catchy tune. And I thought there's no chance I can let this opportunity go by not to play it. So please enjoy House of Fire by Alice Cooper coming up next on Tune FM 106.9.
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and that was House of Fire by Alice Cooper off of his 1989 album Trash. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 21. And sadly, yes, this next song is going to be the last for the night. And I do apologize once again for it being shorter than most of the shows have gone for. But I do promise that next week's will go for a little bit longer. Well, there's only one song that was ever going to be taking out the final spot tonight, and it is a wonderful ACDC song. The, be- the band would release the studio album Razor's Edge, which was released uh, as their 11th album. And as I've said before, the 80s weren't entirely the greatest year for ACDC compared to the 70s. However, in the 1990s, things would turn around with the release of this album. It was a major comeback for the band, featuring hits such as Money Talks and Are You Ready? Are You Ready will be played next week, of course. That's when it was uh, released, as a matter of fact, as a single. Excuse me. The band, the album was also a massive commercial success, returning the band to the popularity of the glory years of the late 70s. And in, as a matter of fact, the album was so successful, it made it to number two on the Billboard Hot 100, and it stayed there for 77 consecutive weeks. It also made number four on the UK charts, number three here in Australia, number one in Canada, and number two in New Zealand and Norway, funnily enough. As far as certifications go, it was certified five times platinum here in Australia, which is 350,000 sales. However, much more successfully, five times platinum in the US, which means five million units sold. It was also certified platinum in numerous other countries, including Canada, Germany, New Zealand, and Switzerland, funnily enough, and gold in several others. Now, the the reason this album is so well received in part is due to the first track and first single, which is what's going to close out the show tonight. Before I play it, though, I do just want to point out a little bit of uh, an interesting fact regarding this album. At the time, it was, by some, regarded as one of the best albums they had released. Like I said, it returned them to their former glory, and it has sold approximately 10 to 12 million copies worldwide, making it the fourth highest selling album after Dirty Deeds, Dun Dirt Cheap, Highway to Hell, and Back in Black, in case you were wondering. And even though most critics gave it mixed to positive reviews, complimenting the vocal performance by Brian Johnson and the guitar playing of Angus Young, some people thought that it was more of a lackluster effort that was just recycling old ideas. Whatever you think of that and the album as a whole, no one can deny the impact that the first single had. Now, the first single is definitely one of ACDC's signature songs. It has not missed a live show in a very, very long time. It peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot 100 rock tracks, number four here in Australia, number one in Finland, funnily enough, and number three in the Netherlands, New Zealand, and Spain. Now, as far as uh, year-end charts, it made it to 43 here in Australia. It's been certified five times as platinum here in Australia, and platinum once again with over 1.7 million units sold in America. There's not much else I can say about it, so I'm just going to lead straight into it. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. As always, I hope that you have an amazing Sunday. I hope that the rest of your weekend goes wonderfully. I hope that the next week for you is as pleasant as it could possibly be. And with a bit of luck, I'll speak with you again, same time, same place, next week. Don't forget to tune in to listen to some of the best music of 1991. Until then, though, I bid you good night, and I'm going to leave you with something that will hopefully leave you feeling a little bit thunderstruck.